Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Stories on the Fly podcast. I'm your host Austin Mitchell and this week we are talking to Justin Hokinson. Now Justin is another musky on the fly angler from Wisconsin like myself. But what's different and unique about Justin is most of his fish actually he catches from shore fly fishing. So I've actually had the opportunity to fish with Justin a couple of times and he is one of the best muskie anglers I know so I'm sure we'll hear a story or two of muskies and some other fish that he's got into. As always you can find me on Instagram at austin.mitchell1. There you'll be able to find links to the podcast as well as what I've been up to. Um, If you're interested in flies I am still selling so let me know on Instagram if you would want or like some musky or smallmouth flies and let's get into it and we're here with justin justin how's it going going pretty good man good good all right before we get into your stories how about you introduce yourself to everybody all right i'm uh, justin holkinson i am a part-time uh, fly fishing guide for dan boggs of the flying musky um been fly fishing for probably about 12 years now and been a must-see addict for about 10 of those. Awesome, man. Well, let's get into your first story. All right, so this first story, so about two seasons ago, this is pretty much the origin story of the war pig that a fly pattern I kind of developed kind of for weight fishing for muskie. And if so you, the main reason, oh, go ahead. if you've seen your Instagram, you've definitely seen this fly too, because it's it's one of your go tos, right? It is by far one of my go tos. It's usually the first thing that's on my line. And it's usually the last thing on my line. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And yeah, pretty much it ended up being created out of a need, because uh, at the time this is when I was just starting kind of dial in the muskies around my area. And I was trying to get my buddy uh, Mike Parkinson into his first one on a fly because that entire summer he was using gear and not doing well. And I kept telling you him to throw a fly, throw a fly, that kind of thing. Then finally it was about like late August. Finally convinced him, you know, he wanted to throw a fly. The only issue is all he had at the time was a eight weight with floating line. Okay. So it was pretty much created out of a need because I needed a fly that was small enough to throw in an eight weight. Except also I still wanted to get down. Yep. At least a little bit. So, you know, I kind of took the idea of the river pig and just kind of modified it a little bit to something that's a little bit lighter, a little less um, bulk and added articulation in there just because I like it. Yes. Yep. So it made the first prototype, actually, the first prototype actually sitting right next to me right now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome that you still have the first one. <laughs> oh, I couldn't throw that away. Uh, true, true. That thing is too special. <laughs> so me and him go out to the river, and sure enough, I knew this was going to happen with the first one. Catch it, and all of a sudden, fish blows up on it. He immediately lifts his rod. <laughs> So, on and off, and you know, as soon as that happened, he looked at me and said, I messed up, didn't I? I just nodded my head in. You know, now he yeah. was ready, he knew what they kind of felt like. Went up to this hole I've never really fished before. It 
we ended up uh, naming it actually Mike's Hole now <laughs> because <laughs> of this day. Went up to it, first cast into there. As soon as the fly landed, this fish exploded on it, and the fish missed. And from Mike's point of view, he didn't hear a single thing I was saying because he was just so focused. Well, me at the time, I was yelling at him, barking orders, get it back in there, get it back in there. Whips the fly back in there, two strips, and boom, hooks this fish. It was a beautiful, I think it was like a 31, 32-incher. Hand-landed, you know, his first ever on a fly, so that was awesome. awesome. That's great. Then, from there, you know, now that he kind of had an idea, I let him be by himself a little bit, and I went downstream to fish on my own with a different fly. I was barely gone for like 10 minutes, and all of a sudden I hear him yelling upstream, turn around, you know, his rod's bent over double. (sighs) I'm running through the river for the net, got to him, put in the net. So there was number two on the war pick, his second ever, within, you know, 10 minutes. Oh, man. <laughs> then, you know, got in that, got pictures, and he was releasing it. My rod was somewhere down on the bank, on the river bank somewhere, because I threw it, you know, to get the net. Yep. And I was kind of looking at the uh, war pig with the, his rod sitting there, and I asked him, hey, you mind if I throw a quick cast before it's too dark? He said, yeah, sure. So, you know, I grabbed the rod, and he's still holding his fish, releasing it. I made one single catch, and as soon as it lands, boom. No. At this point, there was, <laughs> like, there's no pack or anything. Me and him are just laughing. <laughs> just because that's what was, uh, it was just fun. Yeah. At that time. Like, within, you know, 10, 50 minutes, three muskies like that. Got that one in, got a couple of pictures. Got to release that one. Actually, ended up leaving a scar on my hand because when I was unhooking it, he started to jump into my hand while its mouth was wide open. So it literally cut me down to the bone. Ooh, yep, yep. Oh man. You know, kind of leaves a cool story behind the scar, though. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that is. So that was the first prototype with the war pig. Then, and you know, a little more. You know, since that happened, you know, three in one day, I thought there might be something to this. So I spent that rest of that season kind of doing the final tweaking and that kind of stuff to kind of perfect it. Yeah. So what if if you like just had like if you could describe kind of don't you don't have to go into big detail, but like give a overall description mm-hmm. of how you would build it, basically, just a quick so people can kind okay. of. I'll put a picture yeah, up of, of it too, but if people are just listening, what would it kind of so they have an idea in their head yeah, of what so it, it would look like? Yeah, kind of what it looks like and how to tie it. Yeah, yeah. Yep, of course. So basically, it starts out um, the hook. It's a it's a hook shank fly. So that's all that kind of the um, oh, what would you call it? The the build for it. Yep, yep. The Does frame basically. And the hook I personally use, and it's the one I still trust the most to this day for any musket, the 4 out Attitude Extra, made by Partridge. Yep. And that's, you know, what you put in the vise first, then you'll run your flash material off the rear end of that. That's the very first thing you tie in as the flash. Then followed by 
just through the tweaking I found it, you need exactly three bunches of bucktail on that hook chain. Okay. Just because it allows the fly to still, it dirt side to side, then it'll still dive then. It okay. isn't too uh, overly buoyant. Yep. But just maintains just enough to still dart side to side. Then from there, it starts getting a little more complicated. Yeah. Uh, you'll take a 40 mil shank, you know, then attach it to the hook. Yep. Add and it'll be, it'll be, uh, you'll tie in the eyes and a rattle in first. Because okay. the main point of the rattle is to help counterbalance and make sure it rides hook up more than anything. Because these are just plastic rattles. It's typically first fish and the rattle breaks. Yeah. Except the weight of the rattle is still there to help counterbalance it. Okay. Then from there, it's uh, two bunches of bucktail, a uh, mixture of like flashaboo over the bucktail just long enough that it should reach the tip of the hook. Then two, uh, total of four feathers, two per side, followed by a, oh, what are these called, uh, crab hair brushes. Yep. And that's about basically it. It's a really simple, quick, easy pattern that you can get done in less than 30 minutes. Yeah. And and talking to you, your your go-to is probably what, black and red for that? Black body? Yeah, black and red, black and orange. Yeah. Typically, I, I like personally like to mix flash, so I mix, you know, orange flash and red flash kind of together, add a little contrast to it. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, that's a good... good way to introduce a fly three fish in like 10 15 yeah. minutes that's definitely i would be keeping that fly too in the box for sure yep exactly and it's still you know just throughout the years after you know playing around with that you know i have uh three sizes of that pattern now there's that small original one followed by that small one just to give a size kind of ratio is about seven and a half inches long okay then the big war pig is uh, about nine to ten inches, depending on how you trim the flash. Got it. Then that version I just started playing around with this past winter and this season, the war boar. It's that massive one that's about fourteen inches long. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> and it's become kind of a go-to now for me for just trying to target bigger fish. Yeah. Definitely. And actually, if you see the go on my Instagram the past couple of days, the ones I personally had were on the all on the warbore as well. Okay, nice. Yeah, I've seen those. So that's good to know that that big fly is starting to produce because it's getting to that year where, or getting to that time of year yep. where those big flies are starting to come out. Yep, it's finally big fish time yep. coming up. Awesome, man. Well, you got any other stories or anything? Yeah, but why not, um, I'll tell the story of my personal favorite muskie that I've ever Sweet. landed. Perfect. Go from there. Yeah. Basically the day, uh, and I'll mention it, it definitely isn't my biggest one at this point, so at the time it was my biggest, and to this day, just because of the story behind it, it's still my favorite by far. It was, uh... Basically, the day started out the weekend before I broke every single one of my 12 weights, <laughs> 10 at 12 weights. Ooh. They're all broken, so I made a run to get them all replaced. Uh, a couple of them are just Cabela's rods, so I made a run up to Green Bay to the Cabela's up there to get those 
weight, so I had a working 10 weight. Yeah. Went up there, got those replaced, and I was driving back. And it was a storm and all that, and I was debating about going fishing right away in the middle of the storm just because it just looked prime weather. So I said, screw it, you know, drove down the river, and I ended up dumping three. No. <laughs> as soon as I get there, dump three, and, you know, kind of in a bad mood because I dumped three muskies and two or better ones. Yeah. And I was standing way upstream above this hole, and all of a sudden, you know, I was kind of looking down river, debating what to do. I saw this fish jump clear of the water, and I saw it was chasing a red horse or a uh, smallmouth. So I kind of looked where the fish was, and I just looked at the water, and I simply just sat down and started swimming <laughs> just to get down to that fish <laughs> to uh, make sure I got to it before it ate whatever it was chasing. Got about parallel to where it jumped, made one single cast with a big war pig. And as soon as it lands, it was just, boom, just dead weight. And as soon as I stuck it, I realized this was a bigger fish than I expected because its head shakes were literally just the head shakes were ripping, lying out of my hands. Like I have some of it uh, recorded on GoPro, and it literally looks like I lose it a few times just because the head shakes were so oh, vicious. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Bringing it in. You know, I'm there by myself as well. Bringing it in, get it close, is like, that's a really big fish. Start moving towards to where my net's laying on the bank. And the fish was actually playing really nice. You know, wasn't being uh, mean and trying to go around trees or rocks, that kind of thing. Just pretty much was walking the dog. Got to the net, and I was just kind of staring at it. It was like, you know, this could be a PB. I never really thought about it, but, you know, set up the camera to get a couple solo pictures. And when I was pulling out of the net, that's when I realized how big this fish was. <laughs> just because it just kept coming and kept coming out of the net. Yeah. And in the pictures, you can see my eyes are just a big, wide-eyed. Good tell I was kind of freaking out. So it's like, okay, I better measure this just to check, and it um, ended up being a 46 with a 20-inch girth. Oh, yeah, that's a big fish. <laughs> Got to release this by now. I've actually seen, pretty sure it's that same fish again this season. Okay. Again. That's awesome. That's so funny that and, you mentioned, too, hopping in the water. Because I remember the, yep. <laughs> the first time, if you fish with Justin, Justin is not afraid to get into the water for any reason. I remember the first time we went fishing, I'm upstream fishing. I look down, and Justin is above waist deep in the water casting at this ledge because he got his fly stuck and decided instead of walking <laughs> back out the river that we were going <laughs> to, he was going to fish well in the river, so... Hearing that just, it brought back that memory of watching you in the middle of the river fishing, musky fishing, speak of, so that's awesome. Actually, kind of a, just going off that kind of thing, that just reminded me kind of something else, kind of that same spot, too. The first time I ever kind of fished that section, you know, I snagged up on a rock in the middle, 
and I can't even remember what the fly was. It might have been a war pig, if I had to guess. Snaked up, and there was no way I was going to lose that fly, so, you know, walked out to it, and I realized it was deeper than I thought, so here I am, chest deep in this water. Got the fly undone, and I was a little bit closer to the bank I was trying to cast at. I was looking at it. There was just a very small eddy, so I decided while I'm out there already wet, you know, up to my chest, made a couple casts. I pretty much caught this muskie while I was swimming, practically. <laughs> there was a fly lands, boom, bring it in. Here I am pretty much swimming with this fish. <laughs> oh, man. That is great. Oh, man, that's so funny. Because, yeah, like, that is one of... Every time that I think of that spot, fishing there or whatever, it's not the fish that I caught from there. It's Justin in the middle of the river, <laughs> chest deep, like, muskie fishing, and... Most people, when you, you know, say there's muskies in that water, they get all freaked out and Justin goes in and swims with them. So now you, now you know how much dedication he has for muskie fishing. <laughs> awesome. Uh, actually, my buddies were standing on the bank and they actually recorded me swimming with this fish while I'm w- w- releasing it. <laughs> oh, really? That is great. Yeah. That is really funny. Awesome. Well, you got any other stories or... I'm trying to think here. Nothing uh, really special happened this season. Um, pretty much, I guess, one I could talk about this season. Yeah. But it was kind of cool. Um, this season, we've had both extremes. As far as um, what the water is doing, we've had super low water and super high water. I followed along with the water being super dirty and... This season, for about two weeks, I've never seen the river that clear. Really? Like, it was, I could see my fly three feet down. I should not be able to see that. So, when it was super clear like that, they put that put the uh, muskies kind of on this big finesse bite. Okay. Where, using more natural colored patterns, like, uh, pretty much, the number one color during that time period would have been a black and yellow. And up until then, I've never once in my life thrown black and yellow for muskie. Except it's one uh, Ken Caspi sent me. And, of course, I'm going to fish one of the flies he sends me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And pretty much what ended up happening with the technique you had to do, it was the water was super high, so it was ultra clear, even though it was high. What you had to do was you had to cast at the spot and not strip it. You literally just had to almost high stick it and let it just hover in the spot and if you could get it to hover there for like 10 to 15 seconds all of a sudden one will come up and smash it really oh it's one of the weirdest fights i've ever experienced so you're almost and if anything it's go ahead so you're almost like just yeah like you said like high sticking it just holding it in like an eddy or something like that basically yep exactly holding oh, it in wow. an eddy just high sticking it with a musky fly and, yep exactly pretty much because you couldn't let it sink they wanted it right on the surface so you know i mostly use uh fast sinking lines because i like fishing deep yep so just had to high stick it to keep the fly in the spot and try not to move it oh wow and it's usually 
as weird as it sounds, it's typically a first cast kind of thing. If you hit it just right at those first cast, okay. and boom, they'll come up and hit it. So how many fish did that, you put uh, in doing that? same time period, here's a little off story kind of. Okay. End up seeing something that will probably haunt me for the rest of my <laughs> life. Pretty much I got just got done landing one and released it. And I was watching, there was a little, it was probably about a 30-inch muskie feeding on these probably about 4-inch perch. And I was just watching it feed, kind of just enjoying watching it feed, trying to learn some stuff, because that's a rare opportunity when you get to see them feed like that. Yep. And all of a sudden, that 30-inch muskie got T-boned. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So did you and see I just what, did you see what and the fish disbelief. was? Oh, my gosh. A 30-inch and, fish got hit. <sighs> yep. And, you know, it was close enough I could have poked it with a rod tip. And I was just staring at the fish that was eating this other muskie. And I was looking at it, and I looked at the fly I was throwing. It was about a 12-inch fly, and I just started laughing. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, I need bigger. Yeah. Because it's probably going to be the biggest muskie I ever see in my life. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because when you, you know, when you start, when people hear, like, oh, yeah, I'm throwing even, like, 12, 13, 14-inch flies, they think you're crazy, but then... When you see a fish like that hit a 30-inch, another 30-inch muskie, stuff that, you know, an 8-inch fly is nothing for that fish. Like, it's not even going to bother with something like that. <laughs> no. Basically, oh. like a single M&M at that point. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would that would definitely keep you awake at night. <laughs> I've lost so much sleep because of that fish. <laughs> and you know, makes me rethink everything I'm doing. Yeah. Do. Been playing around with much bigger flies. Like I, at that spot, I've been throwing a 20 inch fly now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just because that's the one I want. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care about catching anything less. I want that one Pacific fish. Yep. Oh man. That is great. Awesome. Well, anything else that you want to cover? Um, I think that's actually about all the stories Perfect. I can think of right now. Perfect. Well, maybe after we get through fall season and stuff and get in the winter, we'll have to touch base again and see how the fall went. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, if you want to throw out anything, throw out any plugs, websites, Instagram, it's all yours. Yep, of course. So my personal Instagram account is MN Fly Fisher. So it's like MN as far as like uh, short for Minnesota, then Fly Fisher. Then the guide service I guide for is the Flying Muskie and their Instagram page would be uh, Flying Muskie and to make it clear it's Muskie with a Y. Okay. Then the uh, website is theflyingmuskie.com. Perfect. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Not a problem. 
And that, everybody, was Justin Hokinson. Go check him out on Instagram and the website and everything. If you're wanting to get a muskie on the fly or you already have and want to see some new water, Justin is definitely the guy to call. I've been out with him a few times now, and he never lets me down. So if you're into muskie on the fly and want to get out, let give Justin a call and check out his Instagram. I'll have everything linked down below. As always, you can find me on Instagram at austin.mitchell1. There you'll be able to see what I've been up to as well as links to the show. And if you're interested in buying flies, that's going to be the place to hit me up too. I'm selling pike, muskie, smallmouth, stuff like that. So let me know on Instagram if you're interested in buying flies. And one last thing, if anybody has any guests that they would like to hear, let me know. I will definitely reach out to anybody and see if they would like to come on. If you would like to come on and tell a couple of stories, let me know. As always, thanks for listening.